0: If you have your Bibles, I can't remember where my text is. I think it's in Corinthians. Here it is. If you have your Bibles, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going to read verses 7 through 10 today. I feel led to read something prior. Hold on a second. Let me find this. Let me read for 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, prior to our reading. If you would, go ahead and stand for the reading of God's Word. This is interesting. Paul says, therefore, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry. Everybody say ministry. So we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart, rather we have renounced secret and shameful ways, and we do not use deception, nor nor do we distort the word of God on the contrary by setting forth the truth plainly we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Now let's go to our text. Verse 7 through 10, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10. Paul says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that it's all surpassing powers from God and not from us. For we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, Not destroyed, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our mortal bodies. Paul says in Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, in the life I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let's begin this morning with the title of our lesson, which is Treasures in Jars of Clay. You may be seated. Treasures in Jars of Clay. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, if there's not one, just speak to yourself. That's Okay. Neighbor, I know you sometimes feel empty inside. But regardless of how empty you may feel inside, the God we serve who is the treasure in our clay, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Can I get an amen? Now, when I read 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 10, to me it's, It's so very beautiful beautiful in the essence of writing. To me, it's almost like poetry itself. And I've always loved a good poem, but reality, this is not a poem, but this is the Word of God. In fact, it draws for us a very powerful prophetic picture of our lives today that would be almost impossible for anybody to miss what God is saying here in our text. But you'd be surprised of how many people can miss... The simplicity of God's word, even when it's right in front of them. Some people study and study. I I heard a woman just past week talking about how much she studies, but she says, I just can't seem to retain what I study. And it makes me wonder why is that? Well, Paul tells us in Second Timothy three and seven that they're that they're always learning, but never never able to come to the knowledge of truth. And so, this is complicated to me. But at this, bless you, babe. But at the same time, it's very simple because what I understand according to the Word of God, if if someone cannot understand the Word of God, that there's something missing in their jar. And that something that is missing is called the Holy Spirit of God. Because I can promise you, you may be the most religious person in the world. You may come to church every week of your life. But if you do not have the Holy Spirit of God inside of you, you cannot understand the Word of God. And and the reason is, is because God is Spirit and His words are Spirit. Come on, amen. And so if we are born again into the Spirit of God, that makes us a new creation. We are new spirits. We are created new. And so inside of us, we have something called the Holy Spirit that interprets His Word to us so we understand everything He teaches us. Now, sometimes, I was talking to Misty, I think a week or so ago. She said, sometimes I just don't understand certain things. I said, hey, That's okay, neither do I, but the reason is because it's not time for you to understand that yet. In other words, just because it's on this table don't mean you can handle all of it. So God knows how to feed his babies. Come on, amen. And so he'll give you exactly what you need at the time you need it. And so Paul tells us this is a good test To see if you have the Spirit of God. 2 Corinthians 2 and 14. He says the man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them. Because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, the natural mind of man cannot understand the spiritual truths of God's Word. They can hear God so loved the world. But... To them, it, it, it does not resonate the same way that it resonates in you. Because when we hear that, that God so loved the world, inside of us we see a great picture of our Savior willing to lay down his life on the cross. But when the world hears God so loved the world, they're trying to find a way to say, well, if God loved the world so much, why is there so many people hungry in the world? Come on, amen. See, they're not looking At the reality of his truth. And so God's word never ceases to amaze me. In fact, I truly believe according to the word of God that all scriptures is God breathed. And useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the man and woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, I was excited when the Holy Spirit led me here to preach this week, while at the same time, I was just a little nervous as well. You may ask, Well, why were you nervous? Because honestly, I don't think I could ever do this text justice. Maybe not in this century, it may take a while before I ever can do it justice, but I'm going to do my best to, to present it to you the best that I can while at the same time I ask that you give me the grace as I teach this lesson today. And so let's start with the secondary subject here in our our text, which is the jars of clay. Because these jars of clay, they play such an important role in this thing we call life today. You may not realize it, but you have a purpose. When God created you, when God formed you, He made you in mind to have a purpose. The Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians 2 and 10, for we are, everybody say we are, we are God's workmanship created. He formed us. He fashioned us with his very own hand. We were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us to do in advance. So we always should keep in mind who we are and what we really are. In other words, we need to keep ourselves humble and keep reminding ourselves that you and I are nothing but jars of clay. Jars of clay. And so this is why God is the primary subject of the text because he is the treasure that's in our jars. God is worthy of our praise. God is awesome. God is is so humble that he's willing to dwell in these these lowly vessels of clay. He he is willing to live inside of us. This is crazy. And so we should be mindful to always be ready to pour out whatever God pours into us today. You're going to learn something, I hope, that that whatever you receive today that you will also be willing to to maybe share it on Facebook, maybe to share it with a neighbor, maybe share it with a family member, share it with somebody. Be willing to pour whatever it is that God pours into your life today into another vessel because we are living in a world full of vessels that are all empty. We're living in the strangest time that our world has ever seen right now and people are wandering around just feeling dead and empty. Do you know that and the church is the only place that's the same. Everything else has changed, but the church hasn't changed. This is the only place that you can come and get away from this crazy world and actually walk into a place that's actually the way it was and the way it's always been from the beginning. God's people have always came together. And the reason we come together is because we love To get a word from God, we love it when God pours his word into our vessels because we walk out of this place not the same we came. We came empty, desiring, expecting a word from God, but we leave here because the God we serve is a loving, merciful God. One who is willing to pour himself out into us so that we can walk around Not with their heads buried in their chest, but with their heads held up high, knowing that our Savior loves us unconditionally. And when I think about pouring our love into others, I I think about this story that's found in 2 Kings chapter 4. Way back in the Old Testament, there was this widow. She had a couple sons, and this widow, she, she was unable to pay her debtors. The bill collectors are coming. And so, like many people, the first thing they do is they run to the man of God for help. I had a man call, call me this week, all the way out in, in Irving, I believe it is, where he lives, needing help. And I said, I can't help you right now because I'm across here, out here in Roy City, but I can't do this right now. I said, I'm going to pray for you. Because the Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man veileth much. So I prayed right there, said in the name of Jesus. Open up doors that no man can shut and shut doors that no man can open. Within five minutes of the prayer, he texted me back, said, You're not gonna believe this. I said, Yes, I will. He said, What I said, what happened? I got a job. Amen. That quick. Is God willing to reach down? And fill a jar, an empty jar, a jar would have no hope at all. Why? Because we have access into the holy of holies into the presence of an almighty God and just ask. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Matthew says asking it shall be given to you. Seeking you shall find. Knocking the door will be open unto you. And so this widow, she comes to the man of God. And the man of God has one question for this woman. He simply asks her this. What do you have in your house? What do you have? So like us many times, we're we're so focused on what we don't have. We can't notice the little things that we do have. Come on, Amen. You may not have money flowing out of the bank, but you have something called health. You have strength in your legs. You were able to walk in this building this morning by yourself, something that we take for granted. What do you have, he asked Turning the woman says, I don't have anything. Wait a minute. I do have something. I have a little oil in a jar. Come on, amen. And so he says, I want you to go. To your neighbors, and I want you to go get jars from all the people, all your friends around you, and bring all those jars and begin to pour your oil into these jars. Let me read this for you, before I mess up the story. Second Kings four three through seven. Elisha said, "Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and each is filled. Put it." Put it to one aside, she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept on pouring. And when all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he, he replied, There's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell all the oil and pay your debt, you and your sons can live on what is left. So spiritually what God is showing us in this story, he's teaching us today that that we are the jars and it's our responsibility to go get the jars. And I want to say thank you to Mr. Bob. Nobody showed up today, but, but, but Bob has been in the process of inviting more and more jars to fill our church. Because you notice there's still a lot of empty chairs for a lot of jars right here. And see, it's hard for me to pour into these jars if they're not here. And so, in other words, the jars represent the people who need to be brought into the kingdom. Come on, amen. Jesus said in Matthew, go and make make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then the oil in this story represents something too. It represents the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. 1 Samuel 6, 13. So Samuel took the horn of oil and he anointed him, who is David, in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And Samuel then went down to Ramah. But then we come to the third thing in this story, The debt. There's a debt that we owe. I've talked about this before. Now, we all owe natural, physical debts. Of course, we're alive. As long as you're living, you're going to owe something. But spiritually, we owe something, and that is something called love. You have a debt that Christ has passed on to you that we are called to love, especially those who are unlovable. Are you listening to me this morning? Romans 13 and 8, Paul said, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. Paul says in Galatians 5, 14, the the entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. Now come on, let's, let's think about the ultimate jar here. A jar who came down from heaven, beautiful and majestic, and humbled himself and became a clay jar and was willing to pour himself out into us that we may become children of the living God. That's the example. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11:1, follow my example as I follow the example of, of Christ. So we have a debt. A debt to love one another. We must be willing to pour out into other people's lives. See, one of the problems we have is that we're always taking, taking from other jars. But never willing to pour anything else or anything into their jars. Come on, amen. Is anybody with me here? Because it's easy to be takers. But it's hard to be giver. But my Bible said, blessed are those who give. Come on. Than those who receive. But understand that our jars are, are not made of cast iron. They're not made of brass or bronze or copper or silver or gold. But these jars that we live in are made out of the cheapest material found on the earth. Something called Clay. That that puts you in the right perspective when you think you are all that in a bag of chips. Just remember, you ain't nothing but clay. Just a jar of clay. Mm. Paul says in Galatians 6 and 3, If anyone thinks he is something when he has nothing, he deceives himself. Genesis 2 and 7, And the Lord God formed The man from the dusty earth, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. When God took the very first man from the earth and formed him, what did he do? He gave him life. He poured into his vessel breath. We come here Sunday, and every Sunday he pours into us breath. All Scripture is God. Hallelujah. But I was thinking about all the jars in the world today. I'm so glad that all jars are not the same. We got some old jars and young jars. And we got a church full of beautiful jars. Come on, amen. Especially your pastor. Come on, amen. And so, some some jars are skinny and some jars are bigger. Come on, amen. Some are tall, some are little jars, and the world's filled with all these jars. But no matter what shape or size or form they are, that that God loves all jars. Come on, amen. And so we find that that in in the beginning, when God began and created all these things, and throughout all the generations, he continues to make these jars. Some jars are made of light clay, some jars are made of dark clay, brown clay, Come on, red clay, and all these jars are are made of all these different colors, shapes and sizes, but it doesn't matter to God. He loves them all the same, and all jars matter in the eyes of God. And he loves every jar the same because he made it personally. Isaiah tells us in 64 and 8, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are the work of your hands. 1 Timothy 2.13 For Adam was formed first and then Eve. And I love the testimony of Paul and Galatians. Listen to this. And you may not get it at first, but I'm going to explain it to you. He said, but when God set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, he was pleased to reveal reveal his son to me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. He said, I did not consult with flesh and blood. Now, the reason I bring that up is because Paul... It's the one who wrote our text, first of all, and he understands that he is nothing but clay. And so when God revealed himself to him by pouring himself into this jar, he didn't didn't go to men trying to get wisdom and knowledge. He went to the one who made him. In other words, I'm I'm glad they have seminaries. I'm glad they have all these colleges for these young people to go and learn about the Bible. But really... Who is the best one to teach you about the Bible better than the one who wrote it? And so that's how I learn. It's because I don't have to go to a book. I have one called the Bible, and and I know who wrote the Bible, so I go to him directly, and he's the one that gives me my little lessons. And so I come every Monday like an empty jar, my mouth open. But I'm, I'm never surprised because he's always willing to pour Something into me every week and it's never the same it's always a different lesson I don't even know what tomorrow but I know on my desk it's going to be an empty sheet of paper and I'm going to just sit there like an empty jar just waiting and here it comes it never fails you know why? because I come expecting out of love I know the God who said I made you I formed you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's always going to give me something to preach about. So you may not like the way that God made you today, but let me say this. God loves you exactly how you are and who you are because he made you. Did you know there's not another jar like you in the entire world and you're part of his collection? That's why God does not want to send any jars to hell. Because he loves us all the same. He loves those who reject him. He loves those who love him. He loves us all. Because he created all of us. So we're special. We're set apart. We're part of his collection. And it makes me happy to know that there's not... not, I've heard there's a guy who looks like me nearby. Even sort of sounds like me. But they said, he's not you. And that's weird to me. There's another jar that's, that looks similar to me. Come on, amen. Whew. Didn't know the world could ho- handle so much. Hallelujah. But here's what I found this week, and I was completely amazed to find this, about how much money was spent just past year, 2019, how much money was spent on jar enhancements. Oh yeah. Now I'm just ask y'all, just just friends to friends, how much money would you think was spent on jar enhancements last year? Plastic surgery. How much? Two billion? That's a good guess. One trillion? Not quite that bad. Too much? That's a good answer. You're right. Sixteen point five billion dollars was spent last year on jar enhancements. That, that just shows you how many people right now in our world are not content with the way that God has made them. That's the proof. The proof is in the, what the pudding. There it is right there. They're, they're not satisfied with what God did with his own hands. So, so they go to a, a, a jar enhancer and he, he does his little work. But have you ever seen any of those jobs ever look natural? No, they, they, they may look nice, but in reality, they don't look natural because they, they were not made by the potter, but, but an imitator, someone who's trying to imitate what God, but only God can create the beauty that he's made in your life. So when you look in the mirror and you say, I think I want to get this done, you need to remember that God loves you the way you are and that he He allows you to age. He allows you to gain. He in all these things because it doesn't matter to him because he's looking mainly on the inside of that jar. He's not caught up on the outside jar as much as he is on the inside of the jar, because you can make your jar look real good on the outside, but when God pours you out in the end time, He's going to know exactly what you had on the inside. In fact, all he's got to do is look into your jar. Hallelujah, and so Paul says Romans nine twenty. But you, but who are you, old man, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one whom formed it? Why did you make me like this? But here is the sad part: we spend sixteen point five billion dollars on jar enhancements, while the world is starving. I think about all the empty jars, even in America, hungry jars, and all that money. how much groceries could be bought with sixteen point five billion dollars? I can't even imagine how we we couldn't even get it and come on, amen, it, it would fill this whole property up, and these jars are starving, but we're we're worried about how we look, and so. Don't think for a moment when we stand before God, we won't give an an account, or those people won't give an account on the way they wasted that money that could have been used to help someone to have some love. Because when you fill jars with food, I can promise you, you're showing that person that you love them. And it's sad because all these vessels are just temporal, we are not permanent vessels. All this clay that we're living in one day will go back to the earth where it came from. Are you with me? Ecclesiastes 3 and 20. Solomon says all go to the same place. All come from the dust and from the dust all shall return. Ecclesiastes 12 and 7 I believe it is. It says then shall the dust shall return to the earth as it was and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So all this money that is being spent on our jar enhancements, is just going to go back to the dust. While that money could have been used to help somebody come to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, to bring them to the kingdom of God. John tells us if anyone has material possessions, if anyone has material possession and he sees his brother in need but has no pity on him how can the love of God be in him in him he said dear children let us not love with words or tongue but with action and truth God was telling me this week that I make many jars for many different purposes he said some jars I make for noble purposes and some jars I make for ignoble I said, what in the heck is ignoble? Well, I had to look it up. That means common uses and special uses. In other words, God makes some jars for, to be a president. But not everybody who's running for president is made to be a president. I didn't say nothing. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> some jars are empty. Amen. Well, hallelujah. And not all jars are made to be governors, and not all jars are made to be pastors or deacons, and some not, not all jars are made, made to be mother and dads. Because some parents, as bad as they want children, they weren't designed to have children. Are you with me? Because God made it the way he made it. And when he brings the jars together, he has a purpose. That's why I tell people, when you get married, you need to find the purpose Of this marriage because when the relation runs out what do you have left but an empty jar you got to build on your relationship with one another in other words you got to pour into one another I did something for my wife this morning she wasn't expecting she woke up and found a little little rose on the pillow beside her you know why I just want to pour into her jar don't have to say nothing. It meant something. It's called love. So love. I don't. My wife is always pouring into my jar, but so I got to sometime pour into her jar. I mean, I can't just take everything out of my wife's jar and then when it's empty, then leave her empty and dry and dead. Come on, amen. And, and so we're called to pour into each other when, you, when God puts these jars together. But instead, we find we, 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 God gave me this jar, and I'm going to fight with my jar. I'm going to crack that jar and hurt my jar when that jar is part of me. Because what God brings together, the Bible said, let no man separate. And so in, in, in Paul says in 2 Timothy 2 and 20 He said in a large house There are articles not only of gold and silver But also of wood and clay Some are for noble purposes And some for ignoble And so not every jar is formed For high purposes But we are all formed for common use Ephesians 4, 11 Said it was he Here's God pouring out it was He who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, pastors, and teachers to what? To prepare God's people for work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and becoming mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I don't think I gave you all that, but I think there's more to it than what I showed you. In, in other words, God created me to be a vessel that could pour into you all each week. And so each week y'all come ready. That's why I was designed. I was designed to be a, a bigger vessel, to pour into other vessels. But we're all the same. And God was telling me, don't forget the power within your vessel. Because even though you're just a common piece of clay inside of you, you have all the power. You have the gospel message this is the treasure right here, the message of Christ. And so he loves to take common, ordinary vessels and do great things through because people who see that jar of clay know that there are nothing in themselves, but when they see God doing great things through that vessel, they know who's pouring out of that vessel. Are you following me? I think Paul said, Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you are wise, but human standards. Not many of you are influential. Not many of you are a noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things and despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no clay jars shall boast before him. Am I making it clear this morning? How much time I got? got plenty. Verse 7 said, But we have this treasure of jar of clay to show. Everybody say, to show. That this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. Let's go back to kindergarten. Let's go back to first and second grade. Because there was something that we used to do in school that we all love to play. The teachers say, Next Friday, we're going to have show and tell. Come on, amen. You go home and you're looking for something. Man, I'm going to find something cool and I'm going to come to school and I'm going to show them and I'm going to tell them what it's all about. I remember once I brought a big old knife. You do that now, you get in trouble. They didn't care. I whipped it out. This is my knife. <laughs> teacher that's a nice knife. You know, no big deal back then, right? You bring a knife now, whoa, whew. You're going to jail. But we like show and tell because we we were excited to show and tell people what we had. But God's telling us that we need to show and tell people what we have in our jars. That's a good word. Thank you. That is a good word. We, We have something. We have treasures. I'm sorry, honey. We have treasures in these jars of clay to show and tell. We should be excited about leaving here because there's so many people who are empty and looking for someone just to show them and tell them something. Some people have nothing to show because their hearts are hard. They're mad. They're angry. Paul says in Proverbs 27 and 19, as water reflects a man's face, so a heart reflects the person. Jesus said in Luke 6, 45, a good man brings the good out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings the evil stored in his heart. For the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. In other words, when you are hard-pressed on every side, when you are perplexed and persecuted and struck down, what comes out of your mouth? Because when you pour that jar upside down and it's been shaken and rattled, then you find out what is really inside of you. And sometimes I have to go check myself. So Paul tells us to examine ourselves. in 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test. Unless, of course, if you turn the jar up and nothing comes out but evil, wickedness, and badness, and come on, something's wrong in that jar. It needs to be changed. So I close with this. In the book of Acts, we find a young man, chapter 7, by the name of Stephen. Stephen's one of my heroes of the Bible because he, he was the first Martyr. He was the first one to die for Christ himself. And and so, if if you're ever interested on on the outline of the Old Testament, go home this week and read Acts chapter 7. Because in Acts chapter 7, you begin to see what was in his jar because he's talking to the Sanhedrin and he is spilling out. He gives a complete outline of the Old Testament in his speech. And at the end of the speech, then he rebukes them with the Holy Spirit. And he tells them that they're hard-hearted and this and that. And because he was willing to share what's inside of him, they all begin to pick up their stones to stone him to death. And so they're, they're casting their stones at his jar. And he's being broken and crushed by these stones. But, but so we have to rewind because we, we got to see what was inside of him. Acts 7, 59 and 60, while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord Jesus, do not hold their sin against them. When he said this, he fell asleep. When he is being stoned to death, love came out of him by saying, Father, forgive them. What happened on the cross? Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. So next time you find your jar being crushed and perplexed and going through something, examine the fruit coming out of your jar because if it's revealing the wrong thing, then, then just back up and find a hey, I need to renew myself on the inside because badness is coming out of me. And so we go back. Remember at the beginning of the sermon, we, we, we asked that question, what do I have in my house? Y'all remember that question? So let's go back and look. Let's look inside of Stephen. Let's look what's inside of his house. Acts 7, 55 and 56. Acts 7, 55 and 56. But Stephen, full of what? The Holy Spirit. He looked up at heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Where was his focus? He's not looking at the bad words coming at him. He's not looking at the stones that's coming at him. He's not looking at the persecution. He's looking up toward heaven. Look, I see, he's the only one who can see it because his focus was where it needed to be. See, if your focus is not where it needs to be when persecution comes, the stoning or whatever it may be, then badness will come out of you. But if you're focused on Jesus the persecution is not going to matter because your eyes is focused on Christ. Second Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly, outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. 2 Corinthians four eighteen. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Regardless, regardless of what this world throws at you and I, we got to keep remembering, hey, I got treasures in my jars of clay. I have the Holy Spirit. I have the Word of God. I have love in my heart. I have nothing to be ashamed of when I stand before God. Because I have felt, I have filled, I'm sorry, I have filled my vessel with the proper things. That's what we talked about a few weeks ago. David said, David was the man after God's own heart because David hid God's word in his jar. Lord, I've hidden your word in my heart. Lord, I've hidden your word in my jar that I may not sin against you. I mean, you, you can use this jar in so many different ways, and it's just how you look at the Scriptures, and you see how, how God's using this to show you how so many different ways you can study because you've got to use it in different, I don't know what the word is, different ways, let's just say that because it applies to so many different things in our life. Let's all stand. I'm only 10 minutes after, right? I'd hate to not get up here and not pour out what God has given me. And I'd hate to walk out that door saying, man, I still got this much left. And this could have been what someone needed. So by you being a patient jar, you may allow somebody to get exactly what they needed, but if we cut the jar short, then they might have left empty still. I I never know what you're dealing with. I never know. I have a glimpse, but, but I really don't know. I mean, I may see something on Facebook, I may see, but I don't really know what you're dealing with. But God knows exactly how you feel in your jar. Because you know, he's sitting right in that jar with you, looking at you. He said, I, I know how to talk to you. I'll send a message to my messenger, and he'll speak it right to you. And he, he won't even know what he's saying. But you walk out, hallelujah. Hallelujah, I got a word from God. you dang right you did. You didn't get it from me because I don't have enough sense because I'm just a jar, just a piece of clay. But I know the one who can fill me each week and the same one that can fill you right now. Everybody close your eyes, bow your head. Father, in the name of Jesus... I'm just going to pray for every single individual in this room today. I know there's a lot here who's needing prayer, but right now I'm just going to pray for all of us. Because, Lord, so many times we, we, we close our vessel up and we don't pour out what we could pour out into others' lives. Lord, forgive us where we fail to pour into other people's lives. Forgive us where we shut our jar up and expect more out of their jar. But, Lord, right now, we just open ourselves up wide open to the world. Lord, help us to be giving the way you were giving. Help us to pour out love the way you poured out love. Help us to pour out mercy the way you poured out mercy. Help us to pour out forgiveness. Sometimes we don't want to give that. But, Lord, we give it today freely. It costs us nothing And it don't cost us nothing to give but humility. So we humble ourselves today. And Lord, we thank you for your word. We praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen.